0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Good morning, Oregon. It's Thursday, December 23rd. This is Savannah Edens with a news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Before we start, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pacific Source Health Plans, for supporting the show. Lawyers are challenging solitary confinement in Oregon prisons— and seeking a limit of 15 days in isolation. A new legal challenge aims to sharply curtail the use of solitary confinement as discipline in Oregon prisons, arguing the practice is cruel and unusual punishment in violation of the United States Constitution. The Oregon Justice Resource Center asked the state appeals court Wednesday for a temporary restraining order prohibiting the Oregon Department of Corrections from sending inmates to solitary confinement for more than 15 days while justices consider the motion. Oregon prisoners in solitary confinement spend an average of 23 hours a day in their cells with 40-minute breaks provided five days a week for exercise and showering, according to the Oregon Justice Resource Center, Portland-based nonprofit focused on civil rights and legal representation issues. They may also leave for medical care, court hearings, or while meeting their attorney. The motion does not challenge the use of solitary confinement for non-disciplinary purposes. For instance, an administrative segregation order made for prisoner safety reasons or sending an inmate to the behavioral health or intensive management special housing units. The Omicron variant of the coronavirus is now likely the dominant strain in Oregon, overtaking Delta as the primary variant causing COVID-19 in the state, an Oregon Health Authority senior health advisor said on Wednesday. The state does not yet have the data to back up the assertion, however, because of a backlog in sequencing and confirming specimens. As of Tuesday, 13 specimens from Oregon infections were confirmed to be Omicron. The state is bracing for a surge in cases and hospitalizations brought by the Omicron variant, which spreads much faster than even Delta, and evades the immune system defenses developed through shots of the vaccine or a prior infection. It's not clear yet how common, if at all, the variant is in Oregon. Per federal estimates, about 96% of all cases in the week that ended December 18th in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho were Omicron. Oregon health officials also announced more than 1,100 new coronavirus cases Wednesday and 31 deaths connected to COVID-19. From hate crimes to cold medicine, many new Oregon laws are taking effect January 1st. Oregon lawmakers adopted a range of reforms, policy changes, and civil rights protections during this year's five-month legislative session, including new laws designed to promote affordable housing, improve police oversight, and make it explicitly illegal to intimidate others by displaying a noose. The new laws take effect January 1st. While some were contentious, many passed with overwhelming bipartisan support. Some highlights from the new laws include a police reform bill requiring police departments to report officer discipline to the state within 10 days. The state will publish those reports in an online, publicly accessible database. Another unanimously passed bill requires police officers to be trained to investigate and report bias crimes. New legislation also limits the circumstances in which law enforcement, officers may release mugshots. Supporters said online publication of mugshots were impinging on people's privacy and preventing them from moving on with their lives, whether or not they were ultimately convicted of crimes. Another new law makes permanent a pandemic-era change requiring government agencies whenever possible, to stream their meetings online and give the public the opportunity to testify remotely. In election reform, a new law requires Oregon to count ballots mailed the day of the election. Previously, counties would count only ballots actually received on or before election day. This will delay how quickly election results can be determined, but is likely to lead to higher election turnout. Snow is still expected over the holiday weekend in Portland, and with that comes slick roads. Current extended forecasts from the National Weather Service are showing strong chances of below-average temperatures, with lows dipping near the teens and 20s, and plenty of moisture moving into the metro area by the end of the weekend. Forecasting models are showing up to a 90% chance of snow by Sunday, and a 50-60% to 60% chance of 4 or more inches of snow within a 48-hour period late this weekend and early next week. Depending on where you live, the responsibility to to clear the predicted snow from the roads could fall to the state counties or cities. During winter, the Oregon Department of Transportation gives priority to high travel corridors including all the interstates, US 26 west of Portland, and OR 217. This season may bring some delays on plowing state thoroughfares because of staffing shortages. The department has been working through fall to fill empty snow clearing positions in the tight job market with about 100 vacancies statewide currently. The state has about 1100 snow plow driver positions when fully staffed. ODOT may need to shift resources from other Parts of the state to Portland if the weather warrants, a spokesperson said. Multnomah County and Portland transportation officials said they aren't expecting staffing shortages and don't expect it to be a factor in handling snowy road conditions. Thanks for listening. You can support our local journalism by subscribing to Oregon Live. Go to oregonlive.com/podsupport.